0: The people you know, the experience you trust, the quality you expect, the newspaper you deserve. This local newscast provided by The Telegram. This is Matt McKee reporting from Total Media Studios in Jackson with your local news. Health officials in Ohio updated Governor Mike DeWine on Thursday on the toll that COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are taking on the state's health care systems. Here's more from ONN's Bryant Somerville. In a letter to the governor by the Ohio Hospital Association, in mid-July, Ohio hospitals were treating 200 COVID inpatients. Today, that number is more than 3,700. Also in that time, one out of 100 hospital patients were treated for COVID. Today, that number is one in six. A significant strain that Ohio Department of Health Director Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff says the majority is preventable, specifically with the unvaccinated. In Columbus, Bryant Somerville. And here locally, as the battle against COVID 19 continues, Adena Health Systems will be offering a drive through option for people seeking to be tested for COVID 19 starting this Monday. Adena's Packard Medical Education Center on Hospital Road in Chillicothe is going to be open next week to best serve patients in need of a COVID 19 test. Current hours of operation are Monday through Friday from 8 30 to 4 30. No appointments are needed. The drive through testing site will offer the rapid testing platform as well as the polymerase chain reaction nasal swab test for asymptomatic patients. Patients will be called with their test results, and results will also be available through their Adena online patient portal. COVID-19 tests will be billed to a patient's insurance. Those coming to the drive through sites are reminded to please be sure to have a mask or face covering on before pulling up for the testing. And the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, a group of researchers and physicians who together are our nation's utmost authority on setting vaccination policy, have advised the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that people who are at the highest risk for poor health outcomes should get a booster shot of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine to help increase their protection. If you've already received your first two doses of the Pfizer-COVID vaccine and your second dose was at least six months ago, the CDC now recommends a booster for the following people. Those that are 65 years and older and residents in long-term care settings should get the booster shot, as well as those who are under the age of 65 who have underlying medical conditions, or those 18 to 64 who are at increased risk for COVID-19 exposure and transmission because of occupational or institutional setting. Please note this recommendation only applies to people who got two doses of the Pfizer brand COVID-19 vaccine at least six months ago. The Pfizer booster to give us a booster to people who have received the Moderna or Johnson & Johnson vaccines. The Jackson County Health Department will be holding a large immunization clinic at the Jackson High School Fieldhouse on Tuesday from 3.30 until 7. Pfizer booster doses, as well as Moderna and Johnson & Johnson doses, will be available to the public on a walk-in basis and free of charge. Additional clinics will likely be scheduled in the future. The Health Department is still also conducting home visits for those residents that are homebound. At the most recent Oak Hill Union Local School Board of Education meeting, the state of the track and when it will be coated in rubber and be able to be used by the district athletes was addressed. Prior to the Oaks football game on Friday, September 10th, all industrial equipment was removed from the grounds to signify the completion of the layer of asphalt needed. Dr. Marcy Shepard said that they are ahead of schedule. As of the Wednesday, September 15th board meeting, crews were expected to begin work on the coating of the asphalt with a layer of rubber, but only if weather cooperated. According to members of the board, the crew in charge of the track would need to coat the track, then allow it to cure for two weeks before painting it with necessary lines and symbols. If the date was pushed back much further, the crew will have to opt into waiting until spring of 2022. A lawsuit announced on Thursday challenges Ohio's newly drawn state legislative districts as giving an extreme and unfair advantage to the Republican Party. When it's Daniel Barnett has this report. The litigation filed Thursday is believed to be the first in the nation against district maps drawn under the 2020 census. An ACLU-led legal team filed the suit on behalf of voters and voter rights groups, including the League of Women Voters of Ohio. It targets a map the new Republican-dominated Ohio Redistricting Commission passed along party lines last week. It's predicted to deliver supermajorities to the GOP that are not commensurate to the party's voter turnout in the 2020 elections. The partisan vote meant the map would last only four years rather than 10. Daniel Barnett, ONN News. In other news today, while the start of the Apple Festival was dreary and wet, the final day of the Apple Festival looks to be a great day. For the big finale day, the forecast is calling for cloudy skies with a slight chance of late afternoon showers, but with almost no chance of rain during the prime evening hours, temperatures are expected to be on the mild side, with highs in the 60s and evening temperatures in the low 60s. Also, in an update from the week, in the Apple Festival's Got Talent contest held Wednesday night, Michaela Lodwick finished in first place, Derek Allison was second, Tyler Wiggins was third, In the wing-eating contest on Thursday afternoon, Chris Armstrong chomped his way to first place, with yours truly, Matt McKee, coming in second. School floats will not be judged until following the grand finale parade, and the blizzard-eating contest was held Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Make sure you come out on Saturday and enjoy the final day of your Jackson Apple Festival. Members of the Jackson City Board of Education honored two Southview elementary students during a meeting held Tuesday night, September 14th, for achieving perfect test scores. Superintendent Phil Howard explained that additional students from the district's other school facilities would be recognized at future board meetings. Recognized by Southview Principal Heather Michael at the meeting were Colin Valentine and also Adeline Stone. And Wilson Superintendent Karen Bach, along with members of the Board of Education, honored Wellston High School graduate Student Gracelyn Hawkins during the Monday night, September 13th meeting, running a perfect score of 5 on the Advanced Placement U.S. and Politics exam. She's a senior and was the only student to achieve this feat last year. The Ohio Department of Transportation District 9 is announcing that principal work on Route 93 and State Route 139 has been completed. However, remaining work includes draining structures and others. Traffic will be maintained using flaggers as needed. Work is estimated to be completed throughout the fall of this year. If you have any questions, contact District 9. Employees of the city of Wellston Street Department are set to begin replacing the first of two bridges on Wellston Park Road, which is Scenic Highway, this coming week. According to a post on the city's Facebook page, employees were busy stripping the old bridge away as of this past Thursday. That section of roadway has been closed for some time as a result of both bridges failing. And the Venn County Engineer's Office has made the decision to close County Road 23, which is Locust Grove Road, to all through traffic for a bridge replacement project. Construction will take place just west of the intersection of Locust Grove Road and Elk Township Road beginning this Monday until Saturday, November 20th. The public's patience is appreciated during this replacement. Finally today, the Jackson County Common Police Court has announced that the jury trial scheduled to start on Monday has been canceled. Consequently, prospective jurors who were summoned for possible duty do not need to report as previously instructed. Again, from Total Media Studios in Jackson, I'm Matt McKee, and that was your local news.